What's up, y'all? It's Cool Chris Smith from Telling Season the Podcast, and this week I have a special guest and a treat for you listeners, all right? I'm here with L Artist, and uh, tell them a little bit about yourself. Yo, yo, uh, this is L Artist. Um, I am the head and owner of L Artist Productions. Um, I do videography and photography, but mainly focusing on documentary videography. Um, you can find me at lartistproductions.com. Um, Artist Latrice on Instagram, and you can find my show Sips and Spills, Sips underscore Spills, and Sips and Spills both have a Z, not a S, S I P Z, S P I L L Z on Instagram as well. Okay, okay, okay. So um, your show Sips and Spills is is what kind of brings us here today. So um, if you could just tell us, you know, give us a little bit about uh, about the background um, and about the inspiration of 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 what caused you to, to you know, want to create a show like Sips and Spills? So Sips and Spills is a conversational talk show. Um, I deal with people mainly in their late 20s going into their early 30s, but of all ages. Um, I started the show just because I wanted people to be able to have an outlet and I wanted different opinions of different people in different stages in their lives to be heard. Like, I know... Um, it's, everything is in one way, and, and I just wanted people to be able to have a, a space to be able to let out their emotions when they feel like they're not heard, and to also be able to to listen to other people and see their point of view so they can see the different aspects and different situations. See, and, and, I, and I think that's a, that's a great way to put it, because um, my, uh, my experience on the show, uh, one thing that I've been telling people ever since is um, that that I've been able to learn so much uh, since then, and my eyes were opened up to so much more um, that I, I didn't necessarily think about before. But um, we'll get more into that in a little bit. So, uh, so, so tell us about a couple of the uh, past episodes that you've done on Sips and Spills and some of the topics. Um, a couple of the past episodes, the last two I've been focusing on mental health. Uh, I decided to focus on mental health just because I feel like that's been... Um, uh, with coronavirus and, and people out of work and being home, I feel like everybody's mental is a little off and it's a little little different than it regularly goes. We don't have Definitely. those regular daily distractions mm-hmm. to distract us from our mind, and a lot of us are sitting in our thoughts. So um, um, the last two episodes focus on mental health. I have a first episode that focuses on uh, just young people and dealing with relationships and talking about sex and marriage and love and and all different type of topics that we all deal with on a regular basis. Okay, okay, definitely cool. So um, the episode that that I was a part of was episode three, right? Mm-hmm. And it was about um, black men and mental health. Mm-hmm. And some of the things that we talked about was the state of African Americans today. Um, um, what is it? Toxic. Um, toxic. <laughs> toxic toxic masculinity yes toxic masculinity <laughs> yeah. and um and, and that that right there in itself was something that um that was profound for me during mm-hmm. our conversation because it's something that I hadn't even given thought to mm-hmm. and um and, and it made me pose the question since I hadn't given thought to it had I been susceptible throughout my lifetime mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and, mm-hmm. and has that been shaping some of the situations or some of the some of the decisions that I've made over my course um so uh, that definitely was something something uh that that it helped me to think about mm-hmm. some of the people that were on the show with us uh Mel Fame right yeah Mel uh, Fame Melvin 
Uh, we had uh, Jermaine, found him on the main 8900, I think. Uh-huh. Um, and um, Raphael's Rose, which is house. So um, all of those uh, um, different guys, all of different ages and um, different stages in their life. So I thought it was good to mix the, the, the diversity in just to see different people's point of view and everything. So, yeah, it, it was a good show. Perfect, perfect. And, uh, and, and one of the reasons that I, I just wanted to um, showcase it for our listeners was just because I, I felt like, uh, like I said before, I mean, like you said before, with the mindset that uh, not only our culture, but America is in going through uh, coronavirus, going through all of the things that, that we see with the police brutality, with even the, um, with even the, the mindset of, of being knocked off your everyday regimen. It's causing a difference mm-hmm. in, in the in the lives of, of everyone. I can't even just say America because you know this is a worldwide yeah, thing that yeah. everyone's everyone's dealing with. Not necessarily the police, but you can see how it weighs on um, the millennials, the African Americans, and I and I and I thought that this was a an amazing platform mm-hmm. and a, an amazing message to share. Uh, but but before we go and and listen to the episode, I want you to just tell us uh, what are some things that you have. Uh, coming up, what are some, uh, you know, what, what should we be on the lookout from for Air Artists? So um, my next episode I'm trying to put together right now uh, is going to take a turn from the mental health. But I feel like everything ties into mental health anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, it's going to focus on dating slash ghosting. Okay. And, uh, I and think when you say that, ghosting, you mean like, like... I mean, I mean like you're dating someone or talking to someone and you just stop talking to them and okay. with no explanation. Okay, so okay. I feel like that happens a lot. I feel like a lot of women really was pushing for me to do this show and uh yeah, a lot of men stay quiet about it a little bit, but I really want to see what the men got to say I was about, about this. To, so. I was about to say cuz yeah. as soon as you said that, I kind of my ears perked up, you know what I'm <laughs> I had a, I had a couple of questions myself, like you know what I'm saying? Like that that I think that would that would be interesting. Yeah, that, it that's is. definitely an interesting show. So I, I want all of you all to check out uh, Sips and Spills. Be on the lookout for for the Ghostnet episode, and, and once again, tell them where they can find um, everything from you from the show. So you can find Sips and Spills. Sips S I P Z underscore and underscore spills s-p-i-l-l-z you can um find the full episodes on my youtube which is just latrice artist l-a-t-r-i-c-e space a-r-t-i-s um you can also find the rest of my work uh, artist latrice which on instagram which is my uh, my business page as well Okay. Okay. So, without further ado, we want you guys to check out some of some of our points from episode three of Sips and Spills: Black Men and Mental Health. Yeah. Enjoy. Black on black is black. My name is Melvin Clay at Melfame. Um, I'm from Washington D.C., Maryland. All my life, been back and forth. My zodiac sign is a Leo. Leo gang 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 shit. Be the best. Uh, my name's Jermaine from PG County, Forsville to be exact, and I'm a Leo. I'm um, Christian, uh, cool Chris Smith, um, uh, from PG County, uh, originally from DC, but uh, I'm a cancer. My name is House, um, at Raphael's Rose, I'm from all over the DMV, was born in DC, raised in PG, different parts, um, I'm an Aquarius. Okay. All right. We're gonna start this off um, picking questions out of the bowl, and uh, Melvin, it's on you. You first again. 
for more so for people like me coming up afterwards right. to be able to see that. Um, you know, the, the positives and the negatives of that. So, um, you know, I just I just threw that out there as a different type of view. No, that makes sense. Man. So, so we we going in order. Picking yeah. Okay. Next question. Next question. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about toxic masculinity. How do you feel about it? Yeah. This question. It's a good one. <laughs> explain, oh, explain it to me. Let's talk about explain it. Me. Yeah, I was about to say that. Let me make sure we all on the same page about what we're asking about. So what is toxic masculinity? So you, you was excited to, to talk about it. Can you explain it to me? Sure. Oh, okay, okay. So for me, toxic masculinity is basically setting certain stigmas or defining a group of people as one thing. Um, I feel like certain people have a perception of what a man should be, and if a man isn't in those certain categories, or if a man doesn't walk a certain way, talk a certain way, look a certain way, present himself a certain way, then he's less of a man. But if that man identifies himself as a man, I don't think anybody else has the right to diminish him or say he's less than um, because at the end of the day, I feel like only one person can judge anyone on this earth, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Right. Um, but I think that where the toxic masculinity comes in is also people don't mind their business. And that's one of the things for me that I feel like is the biggest problem because if everybody stayed in their lane and wasn't really worried about what the next man is doing, this wouldn't even be a topic of discussion. But people like to look at what other people are doing, judge them, talk down, say this, that, and the third about what they should be doing instead of focusing on their own manhood and, you know, being the man that they think they should be instead of pushing that stigma on other people. Why do you think they do that? Because they're, I think we do that because it's certain things in ourselves that, um... That we project on some other people. Exactly. Yeah. And I think we, we get caught up in societal norms. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And that's... That's where really this whole toxic masculinity thing comes from. I'm actually to the point where I'm tired of even talking about it because I do feel like the term is abused. I feel like we slap toxic masculinity on anything and everything. And everything. Like, nah, that could just be this person don't agree with that. It don't ever need to toxic. Just don't agree with something. Yeah, that, right. that's, but, a, that's a good thing. Opinions. I was, was going to say is I feel like um, it might be. I feel like everything is a uh, hyper, uh, hypersensitive, hypersexualized, hyper everything. You can't talk about anything, um, and, that, and, and that's, that's agreeing with what you were saying about uh, people minding their business. I feel like it, it, I don't really think it's just a thing with only toxic masculinity. I think it's just a thing with every everything. Everybody like uh, the. Technology, like we are like the first generation to grow up with full on technology. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that it's a lot of people that are, we are just experiencing these things that people aren't even used to yet. Um, you know, like the, the first person to, to kill somebody was from Jerry Springer because of something that happened on TV. We were alive watching Jerry Springer. And I'm just saying that to say that we, we are learning how to cope with these things ourselves. Um, all of this information on, uh, on the internet, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can find anything about anybody almost, or old videos they're putting up. So I just feel like it's like, if people do mind their business more, we wouldn't have a lot of this stuff. You know, the, the light skin versus dark skin. The, this, the, this. I, will say, I will say there are some things that are labeled as toxic masculinity 
that I do believe is toxic masculinity. Okay, give me some examples. Good. For example, um, this whole thing where like, and just to piggyback off my man, you know, and like how men can't show emotion, mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. and that's and that's very necessary for real because um, everybody has a, a feminine and a masculine. Um, mm -hmm. It's all about balance, for real. Um, we have very emotional beings. You see what I'm saying? So um, men should be able to show emotion. Um, and I believe that they should be, I feel, I feel as though men should be able to teach their sons that it's okay to show emotion. Mm -hmm. Because emotion is nothing but energy and motion. You see what I'm saying? You got to be able to feel these things in order to learn and grow from it. You can't learn and grow and evolve from things if you're constantly shutting it out because of a societal norm telling you gotta be hard all the time. Yeah. Oh, but, but I do feel like I'm on the opposite side though. Um it's it's, it's like when you push it in there too much, um it, it's like it creates um I, I wish I could push what in toxic masculinity? No, when we push the opposite of toxic masculinity of, of what you were just explaining, like trying to make them be hard or trying to make them be one way. When we when we just open it up to just like be free at a young age, um, I think that that's kind of problematic too, uh, especially with all of the different things that we see um, on TV with inclusion, um, with with uh, them making those decisions at, at an early age. Uh, uh, one one instance I can say is Dwayne Wade's son, or, or whatever. Um, and I don't mean that like Zaya. Zaya, Zaya, Zaya. What is Zaya? This is a great topic. It's a perfect topic. I love it. Let's talk about it. Because let's get, let's because get listen, this team. Listen, I remember I remember um, years ago they were talking about uh, Gabrielle Union had she had did an interview and she was saying that how they they like to let they like to let um, Zaya choose what what mm -hmm. she likes to play with and stuff like this how and, she wants to dress. and how she wants to dress and, and all of that this is at this is at three and they were saying that they they let her choose this stuff but and, and there's nothing wrong with that but what i'm saying is with the information that the information that we receive at such a young age that they were never receiving before the things that they see on tv the feelings that they might have within themselves he just said that we all have a, a masculine and a feminine but without education to that, when when we when we're three or four, we're not thinking about that. We were not thinking about that. Yeah. Of course, there are no absolutes. Yeah. But I feel like when you open yourself up to that at a, such an early age, and you receive all of that information, you receive all of those feelings, it can be problematic. Um, problematic. You think that it pushes a little boy to go gay? Like inspiration, or, or it could be, the, or the fact that they see it. My thing is, is it could, or the fact, or it could be a reverse, or it, could, it, it it shouldn't even like go going. I feel like sexual should not be a thing then. No, Just like sure. it was not a thing with us. We, were, I, I mean, I'm not. There are. Do you think absolutes. that's what happened? Do you think that's what happened? Was, was happening with um, Zaya? Do you think it's like a sexual thing? I, for me, my my perception of it is just being yourself. People aren't authentically themselves and it takes time for you to literally address who you are dealing with social stigmas dealing with toxic masculinity me dealing with the fact that i'm a third generation my grandparents founded a church i'm thinking i'm going to be shunned because i am who i am so literally my whole entire life i suppress who the fuck i am because i'm scared of what my grandfather my father's going to say about me because i'm the third and maybe i'm not going to get to bear them a fourth or you know what I'm saying, the my, I'm the namesake. So I have to have children to continue our clay legacy. 
You know what I'm saying? So it's just like me changing who I am just to accommodate and and make other people comfortable. I feel like exactly I think is a problem because it's literally like generational. It's like you grow up, you are who you are. You know these things from an early age, and if you don't know it, when you figure it out, you know you know. And I feel like just based off the social stigma, people are afraid to be themselves. And it's like, you shouldn't be afraid to be yourself because if you're yourself, people either accept you or you don't. Those people who don't accept you, they're not here for you. But it's like, literally, the way society is set up, it's like you mentally train yourself to think this is wrong. And it's just like, who's to say that's wrong? I, I, I agree with everything you're saying. I, I just I just feel like... But I do think you should take the... Children shouldn't be thinking about sex, period. Yeah, like, so. You know, in schools, you know, in schools now, like, um, my niece, when she was in the third grade, if if you if you're feeling like uh, uh if you're feeling like um what, what attracted it, to the same, same uh, or, or not even just attracted you're, you're feeling like you're thinking about sex okay. and, and you talk to the teachers about that right. then they have to have uh they they have to have like a sit down with you and then they'll they then they'll create a club based on what you feel not even necessarily if it, it could, couldn't be about it don't have to be about sex it could be about I feel like I identify as you know what I'm saying but I feel like those things and, and don't get me wrong it there are no absolutes that which is what I, I want to say because there are people that uh, I've seen people uh, documentaries of people that I, I felt like I was a woman since you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. that, you can't say that people don't right. but I do also feel like there is a large population of our people not just our people but a lot of po- a, a population of our people of underprivileged people who don't have um, the males in the homes who don't have education about their family legacy, who don't have that support system, and they're seeing this stuff at this this hypersexualized world at a young age. And I, I feel like that also because and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying nothing's right or wrong about it. But I'm just saying that as children, I feel like when we catch children at an early age, they're so gullible, which is why they hide the messages and the, the stuff we've been seeing since we were young, mm-hmm. you know, and Lion King and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's, I feel like that's a part, you know, of, of, of that person who might not know. You know, I, I told my friend, and I'm going to be short with this, I told, I told my friend, if we, if we grew up in, in Portugal, we would speak Portuguese, right? If we grew up in France, we would speak French. Right. And I'm just saying that to say that we are humans. We innately grab what is around us. We right. innately learn how to talk, how to act, how from what we see, from what we feel. Right. So that's that nature versus nurture. No, I, I, and I think that's just a part of it. Like I said, it's no absolutes because you can't, and nobody, it's billions of people, nobody feels the same way, nobody, yeah. even if you're twins. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't, I don't know how that ties in. I don't know to how the environment ties into sexuality though because I feel like it's like I feel like my environment my dad is like fucking macho <laughs> like I feel like if anything I should fucking be out here fucking fixing cars my dad knows how to do everything like he knows how to paint like he knows how to do everything I'm more so that I'll pay somebody to do it my dad my dad could like have done so but, but the thing what is, is in, in, in like if we were just like, like and I'm like I don't want to do that and my dad put me in sports I was in sports through my whole entire childhood life I should have I should have been like a player 
I could have. I feel like I honestly could have went pro with football, but I just didn't have the dedication, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to go to school at all, so I didn't want to go to school to practice before school and after school. So football just didn't work for me. But it's like I feel like I was exposed to those things, and it's still like depending on your preference and depending on what you want to do, it doesn't matter what environment you're in because either you're going to go the route that you want to go, or you're going to go the route that somebody else wants you to go. And I didn't want to go that route. I could have been the football route. I could have done all that shit, but I didn't want to do it. So yeah. it's like... And you touched on something before. So like you said, you was exposed to sports. That's something you didn't want to do about how your dad made pain this, but you decided that I don't pay for it. I'm not talking about when it comes to like doing stuff around the house or my car. Like, no, nah, nah, somebody who's yeah. trained to do that, right. I don't pay you to do it. But you see in society, they'll label us as less than a man because we don't know how to change the tire. We don't pain. We don't want to talk to you. By the way, I know how to do it, but I don't want to. Yeah, but and that's what I'm saying. Even when it comes to the sports, like, I saw this post on uh, Facebook some months back, and this guy um, I played football with when I was younger, his son said he no longer wanted to play football no more. Mind you, his son was like six. So I responded. I was like, hey, I mean, find something else when we do in the meantime. I was like, he's still young. He may come out too late. It's not that big with it. The comment section going off, this one guy said, oh, once my son says he doesn't want to play football no more, I'm going to just buy him a skirt. And that's crazy. And I'm like, that's toxic masculinity. So how does that play into a man's mental health when all of those societal pressures that are put on you? It's right? terrible put on because, because, and this goes back to what we've been saying this whole time, you grow up, like how you say it, well, say it again, you got the way that you want to go, and then the way other people want you to go, and so you start accommodating yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like because me, I loved sports, but I was also into the artsy shit too. But I didn't express the artsy side. You see what I'm saying? I only expressed the sports, and you know, and that's okay to do. That was the artsy stuff. Like back when we was going, let you say you like to draw or something. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I was a I was a I was a little boy. I was a little boy. Writing poetry, man. Imagine if I went to research talking about, yeah, bro, I write poetry, man. It ain't been going yeah, all day long. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's toxic masculinity for sure. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's like that. I, I feel like maybe I'm, I'm, I'm like. I disagree. I, I, I don't. I don't. I agree with what you guys are saying, but I just, I feel like I never experienced it's that. I've never seen that. I never paid attention. I'd be so in my head. Like, I don't. I, I, it's definitely out there, bro. and and I never seen it projected towards me, or maybe yeah. maybe I fell victim to it, and it be, you know what I'm saying. But mm-hmm. I never noticed even the the term like that wasn't a thing that I, you know what I'm saying. I'm yeah. sure it's out there, but I never experienced that in my life. I've never experienced straight up racism in my life, like nigga, like nah, you know what I'm saying. So uh, these this this is what I'm gonna paint on me. Yeah, I'm experiencing. Do you think that is because of the way that you were raised? That um, your parents just told you not even to pay attention to stuff like that, or you just have a different focus. Oh uh, yeah, I, I think I think both. I think both because uh, I've, I've talked about it before with a lot of things. Is I, I I would miss something if I'm not. I, I'd be so focused on things that I'm trying to get accomplished or things like I, I missed it even at school. They'd be like, yeah, you you know, so and so used to mess with so and so. Not like, oh, nah, I didn't, bro. You know what I'm saying? But but that's I, I haven't been focused on that. So but um. I, I can definitely uh, uh, agree with that, and I've seen it on, and, and with other people, but just, just not with myself. Okay. So, so we good? Yeah, y'all good on Toxic Masculinity? Yes. All right. We good. Next. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Say, how do you think America has played a role in the black community? 
uh, directly just attacked towards us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but one thing, not to cut you off, but one thing stood out to me when you were speaking. I heard the word ashamed, and I just want to know what you, what are you ashamed about pertaining to being black in America and how America has affected us? No, no, because no, no. I, I just heard that word and it just it stuck with me because I'm like, for me, I I don't think ashamed. I think of empowered. I think of strong. I think of resilience. I think of our culture, how our culture is literally emulated and we're not even giving credit for it. And people literally take our content, our culture, our ideas, our aesthetics, literally our, our exact words. This bitch Melania Trump <laughs> took Michelle Obama's speech verbatim, how they rob us and do not give us credit. So for me, I never think ashamed. It's, it's always, to me, I feel enlightened. I feel... I feel like black people are powerful. I feel like I just was reading something saying how, you know, Martin Luther King was like 56 years ago. Like how we've been marching for 56 years. And the march yesterday, it just shows the times of literally how resilient we are and how we refuse to literally let the stigmas that have been in place for us for many years continue. And I think that God is willing if, you know, we're here for the next hundred years, hopefully, the generations down the line, it will not look like this for them because we fought now in this time to change that for them. Of course, we're a minority. We're literally what, black people are what, not even 15% of the population in the United States? Don't fact check me because that may be wrong, but I know it's roughly around there. Um, so it's like, of course, we are this big in comparison to America on a grand scale, but look at the effect that we had. Yeah, for sure. And not only in the U.S., but I, globally. I, and I, I don't want to be misconstrued about yeah. being ashamed. No, because I just heard ashamed, and I had to just clarify. And, and, and let me clarify for you. And, and, and when I say ashamed, I'm talking about, like, I'm ashamed that that's even a topic. You know what I'm saying? I'm ashamed that I have to that that we have to have debates about Black Lives Matter. Right. Life in general matters. Like as a as a comprehending adult, I don't have to have that Black Lives Matter. Well, you gotta say all lives. We know all lives matter. You know what I'm saying? That's where I'm ashamed about that. That's even in 2020. We're supposed to be so smart, so pristine. We having about life mattering. Right. But my point in saying that was that it doesn't, and they've showed us throughout history that life does not matter when it comes to money. We celebrate Christopher Columbus. They say he killed about 15 million people. We don't blame him. We know that, and they still have not taken out of a single history book. Right. Not taken yeah. out of a single history book. The, the Mount Rushmore is carved into a sacred, into like a sacred, mm-hmm. our whole, the everything we celebrate. Malcolm X said, only a fool would let the enemy teach our children. We don't know any of this. We, we don't, we, don't we, we grow up and we learn and we say these things and, and, and we learn backwards. Because they don't teach us our history and we're supposed to know when we get here. They don't teach us finances and we, we, our parents don't have it. Where we get it from? Mm-hmm. How are we supposed to get that? And how are we supposed to get a job there? And you're supposed to do all of this. But yet you got Tom, who may have went to Fallsburg with y'all, who father owned a couple houses. Or who father owned a, a, a cleaning business or something like that. Not grandfather still working for him. They was talking about all of those people that, that own that property and they've been gentrifying this property 
Like, we talk about reparations and they're taking the property as we speak. Mm-hmm. They, they, it's happening. Also, also they, can't, they can't teach us about us. And, and they're not going to. Yeah, they're not, they're not going to. to. And they know who we are for real. And, uh, and all that's a great books. point. That's a great point. And, and, all, and all the history books, you know, they're teaching us they, they story. They're teaching us yeah. their history. Um, because they know who we were pre-slavery. They know who we were pre-slavery yeah. and um, they know why it's important that we don't know who we are pre-slavery. So that's another thing, uh, piggybacking on what you said. Um, they, they're not going to teach us about us, which is the first, most important thing um, that you have to know about self first before everything on the, your inside world got to be together before the outside world come together. That's deep. Um, I feel that plays into the black family and the black household, like knowing everything that we know. And I, I feel like it's getting better, actually, because um, yeah. Oh, oh, uh, I feel like I feel like it's getting better because if you think about it, uh, and, and one thing is getting better. Yes, listen. And, 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 so and the black household, the black household, and, and, and I'm gonna tell you what. I'm gonna tell you what. Look. I know it's, it's a conversation expansion. I hope you got that. <laughs> but look, but look, rewind. If you think about it, when we were talking about um, black people, when we talking about power and all of that, mm-hmm. in slavery, blacks they were together. They they had songs and they would talk to to each other through songs, right? Mm-hmm. Up until segregation, they were together. They they had a whole civil rights movement, but they stopped the bus because they stopped using it. Like we had all of these leaders. That's another thing. We, you know, Stokely Carmichael, Mega Evers, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. We got all of these people. Why did we have to have these people? We don't have. We don't have no a whole bunch of Asian leaders, a whole bunch of white leaders. You know what I'm saying? But that that's that's something. That's a different role. But I'm I'm just saying we we have to have all of these people to fight something that. You know, can we reread the question just one more time? How do you think America has played a role in the black community? Okay. And I started it out by saying I feel like it is, it, it, I don't remember the exact term I used, but. So, so, so go back to the black family though, you said you feel like. Oh, 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 yeah, better. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's, it's the weed, it's the weed. So look, <laughs> I'm telling you it is, it's the weed. So look, with the black family, I was saying that to say we had all of these black leaders during times of segregation, right? And when do when did we start when did we start seeing the black families being broken up after segregation? The Ronald Reagan era. Ronald Reagan era. What happened in the Ronald Reagan era? Come on, talk to me. Come on, talk to me. Come on, talk to me. Come on, talk to me for three strikes and it, uh-huh. for crack cocaine and yeah. all of this. That was a that was a a, a precedent set by the American government mm-hmm. by America because if you look at it now, drug use it, drug use is at its height with the opiate ep- epidemic. Mm-hmm. But those people aren't going to jail because that is seen as a sickness. Those people were, white people were using cocaine. We know this. We, we learned this in school. We know that the government put that those drugs there. We know that the, those drugs were purchased by American government. Mm-hmm. But I just say that to say that after the crack epidemic tore away our families, us 90s kids, we see how um, the effects of that. You know what I'm saying? Because it was our parents and our grandparents, and now we're uh, uh, well. A lot of my people that are my age and my friends, they're there for their children. Even if they don't live in the same, they going they gonna be there for somewhere. You you used to see people not be there at all because. Of, I'll say this. I'll yeah. say this. The black family got better 
I'll say that. From what I see. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Mm-hmm. A little bit. Um, I'll say far as mental health, I don't think we got all that much. Oh, that's deep. That's deep. Mental health is a whole That's deep. I'm glad you said that. That's deep. That is a whole That's deep. That's a whole nother series. And I wasn't even right. That's what we focusing on, though. We focusing on black men and mental health. I know, but we got to focus on the question. Because the question was. The question time. the question one more time. You said you should have played a role in it. Matter of fact, I'm just going to fold this up. Yeah, you can do that. Put it back in there. This is my take on this. So how has America affected, you know, basically black people? Um, We're going to just start off by saying this country was never built for us to succeed. Right. Let's start there. Right. We were brought here on slave ships with no even... We were... We started off being looked at as less than human. Mm-hmm. Still to this day, with the police brutality, that still shows that that thought process and that mentality right. is more abundantly clear than ever when in the same state, you have a video of a guy online, and thank God that we have social media now for certain aspects. I don't like cancel culture, but I do like it for the fact that you can spread awareness mm-hmm. about certain issues that happen you know, within the United States, like a white person, for example, arguing with a police officer, going back and forth, acting like he's about to hit him, getting a police car. He's about to get in a police car, steal the police car, drive away. A black person broke up a fight, walked to his car where his children is, and he gets shot in his back seven times in the same jurisdiction. At close range. At close range. It just shows how we still, to this day, are looked at as less than human in this like I said, society was never set up for right. us to succeed, right. but we still prevail at the end of the day because we are resilient, bringing back that fact. And like you said, it ties into education from jump. We were never taught, we were taught about some black culture. We were never specifically taught about certain issues. Thank God for the African American Museum because when I went there, it's like you start off in the bottom and you see the slave ships and you see the maps and shit. Yeah, you, you That's not on a trip there too because. Yeah, no, I've been like four times. It takes, it takes, that's an all-day affair. Yeah. But it just shows how much black history that is not represented in our educational system. And it just shows how much fluff is there. But that's a whole other issue. That's a whole other issue. <laughs> that's a whole other issue. I, I was saying for, for education, and, and I'm going to keep this real short, education in America is lacking, period, because we teach our kids off of an education system that was made up in the early 1900s. Oh, it's way outdated, and other countries are, are um, they're modifying theirs, and you see that they are. America's fucking outdated. We fucking pay for healthcare. Other places and, don't. And after a while, Let's I think fucking we start there. We're, we're all about communism. We're all about money. We're, we're all about shit. Fuck America. America's trash. I'm retiring in Costa Rica. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to the same question and tied into the household. To know all that you know, and to to be the yeah to be the head of the household as a man, how does that play into your mental health? Having all of those societal pressures on you, and knowing that everything is not made for you to succeed. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, speaking for myself, is I have a daughter. My daughter will be eleven. Wow, next month. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's tough because I had her when I was in college for one. So just from that alone, I just felt like every move that I make, like, is make or break. Like, I can't fail. I have no room for failures or fuck-ups. Um, just looking at society in general, like, 
it makes you feel like you're supposed to be here at a certain age, uh, especially as a black man. You know, um, I think you, you spoke about it earlier, like we're moving out later. Like I felt some type of way. I just bought, I bought a house two years ago. I'm 30 now. You know what I'm saying? I felt some type of way like, damn, I'm behind the curve because I'm just not moving out of my mom's crib. You know, but that's stuff that, that's stuff that society would put on you that you feeling like, mm-hmm. feeling less than, you know, because you're late doing that. But when actually, I, I feel like, you know, I tell people this all the time. Me, I tell people this all the time, like, you everything aligns when it's supposed to be. Right. You know? So divine timing. Yeah. Yes. You know what happens when it's supposed to happen. But um it's it's a lot of us as, as black males, you know, um that, that pressure is heavy. Like it's a real thing. Some people will talk to you and say, nah, it's not nah that, that shit is real. Like Yeah. And I don't have kids and I feel the pressure. Mm-hmm. I feel the pressure that it's so easy to fall into this norm and I don't wanna say basic because it's like who the fuck am I? But it's like, I feel like I've experienced having money. I've experienced not having money. I much prefer having money. I much prefer being able to do what I want, when I want to do it, how I want to do it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I like finding things. And I feel like it's like you have to come to a place within yourself where it's just like you set goals and you achieve them. You can be stagnant. You can stay where you are. You can limit yourself. You can limit yourself just based on not doing because it's literally like some people that are in the house, they're like, I want a job, I want this, I want this money. But they don't fill out that job application. Mm-hmm. They don't take the initiative to get where they want to be. And I feel like that's really the biggest issue here. It's not passion and drive. It's literally about actually acting on it and procrastinating. Because literally, like, from when I was in high school, I'm like, I want to do fashion. I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm 26 years old, and I just started my brand this year. So it's like, literally, there is so much in being procrastinating and not actually acting and moving forward, but it's just like, if you just do it, mm-hmm. it's all in just doing it. Because if you do it, it's like, okay, yeah, you may fail, you might have to go back to the drawing board, but if you never try, how do you know if you're going to succeed? And I feel like a lot of people don't look at it like that. They just look at it like, okay, I'm just trying to make this check so I can pay my rent, so I can get this bottle, so I can buy my daughter this outfit so I can, you know, live paycheck to paycheck, then that's what you allow and that's what you accept. But I refuse to accept that. And I think us talking about this, you know, us talking about this in these type of uh, settings and with these type of like-minded, positive individuals is the is the um, the antidote for that. You know what I'm saying? Because all, all of this, all of these things that we've said, we, we've seen how everything is against us and we've seen how it is getting worse or it's, you know, progressively, um, we're still in, 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 a, uh, in a state that, that we don't find appropriate for black people. The, the only fix is, is us talking to people within our communities and fixing the people that's close to us mm. um, because we, we can't combat the government, yeah. but we can combat in our households. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm not sure, um, you know, how I feel about that uh, now that he's brought, brought in, in, the, in the mental aspect because I was just thinking, of, I'm thinking about facts and I'm thinking about, you know what I'm saying, well, th- this is happening in history, but we are still... Uh, Experiencing all of these things that our ancestors experienced and all of that, so that's deep. That's deep. The the mental state. So, all right, we got our mental state right because we coming up in this period right now. Um, one thing we just gotta keep in mind is the mental state of our parents um, mm-hmm. and how they came up in a in a whole. See, we we going like okay, we 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 experiencing like for example racism. 
we experiencing in these days, we whooping ass. You see what I'm saying? They couldn't whoop ass back then, really. You see what I'm saying? Because it was... So, the mental... I believe that the mental state of our parents has had an effect, and, and, and the mental state of their parents. Basically, where I'm trying to go with this is that, um, overall, the mental state of the black household... Um, lost my train of thought. The mental state of the black household. <laughs> basically, basically, like it, it all stems like it's, it's like a, like a, it's like a, a domino effect. Yeah, domino effect. Mm-hmm. Basically, you see then like because you know you got the mental state of the black man today, but then we got to pay attention to like the mental state of our fathers. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Who weren't emotional? Who weren't you know? Who had to go work three jobs and they probably didn't exactly. want to cry. Can't though. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, and our grandfathers who. Experience Jim Crow, yeah, you know, a like, whole another level, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, they, they had to bow down, you see, man, they couldn't whoop ass and shit like that, you know. Like, it's the, the mental state is like thick and heavy, you know what I'm saying? It can't be abolished, it, it, it can't be uh, fixed overnight, you see what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's something that's very prevalent. I think it's, it's an elephant in the room type deal, you see, it got to boil, something got to happen. It's like it's like with a soda, man. You open the soda a little bit, it's either it's gonna come up mm-hmm. or it's gonna go back down. And I feel like that's the same way with the same way with all of the stuff that we experience in the day, it's gonna bubble over, but it's the same way civil rights they was doing this, doing this and saying these are the problems. And it, it's it's like what what is gonna happen for the change? How 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 long is we gonna month? Martin Luther King just nah, said, he just said he for 56 years. Like, what else can they do? Now, turn that turn that he has a, a, a rebellion, you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, what else can they do? What else? There is nothing. There's nothing we can do. You got a concoction. My man is going up. Hey, I, I, I heard. So there's nothing we can do. Hold on. I don't, so go ahead. I don't want to say there's nothing we can do, but I... I what I just feel like do? what can we do that hasn't been done since 1865? I just feel like right now where I'm at, with is I'm at the point where my focus is on impacting my community. I feel like that's where we start at. Um, doing what you can in your community to uplift and enlighten. Because um, I, just with the question alone, I feel like what everyone has said, like we've been talking about this for years. It's been going on for years. Um, to to actually sit. And think about everything that's that America has done to the black man. That shit can be overwhelming. It honestly. is. It is. You know, and like to to the point I don't even watch the news as much as I used to anymore. I um, it's because depressing. yeah, it, exactly. It's you know what I'm saying? And so, like I said, I just got to the point where I'm just focused on what I can do. Um, despite all the BS that America has done to us, you do on the other side, you do still see the success stories of black men in America as far as gaining wealth, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So the, the stories out there, granted, of course, um, I feel like there's a certain level that they, you know, they will only allow us to get to, but, you know, success and wealth, you know, it's there for us to get, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Despite all the bullshit America has put us through and still is putting us through. I just don't like to keep focusing on, it's there, like, I, I don't address it, you know what I'm saying? It does need to be, it does need to be, you know, Brought you know to the forefront and spoken about, but as far as me and my energy, I don't like to, cause it, like I said, it could be overwhelming. You know it can get, it, be, it can become dwelling. 
Yeah. My thing is, it's like you can't dwell, you can't sulk in your certain mm-hmm. current situation, but it's like, what can you do to get yourself out of it? Yeah. Because people like to complain. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, yes, we're systematically oppressed. Okay, next, then what? There's Jay Z and Beyonce. Okay, we have, all have the same 24 hours in the day. Look at where you are. Look at what you can have. We can all have it, and that's that's where it just goes back for me. We only have one life. I refuse to not have access to a yacht. Like in, in this lifetime, I refuse. I refuse. I refuse. But who you about to say no? No, I was about to move to the next question. Nah, wait, 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 wait. Going back to, I'm gonna come back to what you said. I just can't put it in my head right. But um, going back to what you said with your father and your grandfather and thinking about their mental state, how do you think them going through all of that with the societal pressures and you saying that they can't cry and they can't show emotions because they got to stand up and be a man, how do you think that played into them raising you? They pass it on. Like, they, it just, it's a trickle-down effect. Mm. You know, it's, see, one thing about me, though, I'm going to express myself. I don't care, I don't care about nobody or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish, I wish... I wish my uh, like my father and shit had the same mentality, but he didn't. But it is what it is. Um, we in a different time. Um, we a lot more liberated uh, spiritually mm-hmm. than we ever were. You see what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, they did pass it down. Um, I got a lot of I, I got a lot of my uh, messed up ways from my father, but I was able to go within and uh, evolve. Like you know, take a step back, look at the bullshit I'm doing. Acknowledge that I'm doing this bullshit, change the bullshit, evolve from the bullshit. You see what I'm saying? Right. Um, uh, if I believe if, if more men can adopt, if, if more of our brothers, especially our brothers and um, that grew up in you know rough neighborhoods, if they can adopt that kind of mentality, we will see a, a very great and positive change regarding black men um, to express yourself. Um, and acknowledge your fucked up ways, you know, because everything that happens to you, you played a part in it. Even if some random shit happened to you, you played a part in it in some ways now. Um, if more of our men adopted that type of mentality, I think we would see a great uh, change in the mental health, you know, regarding black men in our community. You did? Yeah. I feel like it's an interesting perspective when people speak on things as far as like, I don't want to call it generational curses or just generational deficits, I would say. Like you said, like growing up and it's like you look at your grandfather and he made XYZ mistakes and you look at your father and he made XYZ mistakes. For me, I never was the type of person that looked at their mistakes and felt like I was repeating them. I looked at my parents like, I'm judging you. Like, why are you doing that? Like, why are you that way? I don't understand it. I don't want to be that way. So I feel like it's it's all about your mindset and it's all about your perception. You can choose to look at something and accept it because if you know what is right and you know what is wrong, that's that at the end of the day. You know deep down inside if you're doing something, if it's wrong or if it's right. You can can act jaded. You can act like you don't know what you're doing, but you're literally setting yourself back. For me, I looked at both of my parents' mistakes, and I'm like, okay, I know that when I'm 40, 50, I don't want to be where they are. I don't want to be doing what they're doing. I don't want to be living from paycheck to paycheck. I never want to ask my kids for money. I never want to put the pressures that my parents put on me onto my children. So I internalized that, and I'm like, okay, this is what I want. I might not know how to get to the finish line, but I know that I have to do something because I'm getting older. And clearly at this point, it's not going to be handed to me. So whatever's not going to be handed to me, I'm going to have to go out and get it. And how do you do that? 
Let's try some shit. Let's try some shit work. We gonna start a business. What we gonna do? We gonna have a side hustle. Okay, we're working two jobs. I literally work two jobs and I'm starting a business. So technically right now I have three jobs. This is the most busy I've ever been in my entire life. Uh-huh. I'm literally booked for the next month out. But at the end of the day, I know my grind and my perseverance is gonna be worth it because I will not be in the same situation that my parents are in. And I put that on facts. By the end of 2020, I will be a homeowner. And I put that on facts. Like, I, I, I stamp that on everything. House tour. <laughs> like, house tour, like, I put that on everything, like, and I feel like it's your perception. It's that, but I also feel like, without my, not to cut you off, but I feel like with our generation, that, that's where the shift occurs with us. Yeah, like you said, us being more in tune spiritually. We, 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 um, even with us, you know, just, just wanting to be happy and fulfilling our purpose. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't feel like our parents and, you know, our grandparents, they looked at where the shift occurs with us. Yeah, like you said, us being more in tune spiritually. We, 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 um, even with us, you know, just wanting to be happy and fulfilling our purpose. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't feel like our parents and, you know, our grandparents, they looked at life with from a what's my purpose or, right. or what 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 makes what am I passionate about? This right. is what I should be doing. They was right. all a good job, provide for your family, right. stay yeah. out of the way, stability, you know what I'm saying? Right. Well, no, I'm not like, yeah, stupid. And that's I swear, I swear, like all my peers own businesses. Mm-hmm. But like we we own the businesses, we yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? We we a lot more creative than ever. We you know. See, so when it comes to just being on a job, like your regular nine to five, like back then they were staying on jobs for like 30, 40 years. They still are. That's why now we like, yeah, right. that, that's the now we we somewhere for like two yeah we somewhere for like two three years like you know, right, hey, out, hey, 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 up until this point, I was never in a job for a year. Like every job I. Wow. Bro, one thing, one thing about a millennial, oh, we won't get the fuck about that job when we don't write that yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't even my problem. People just couldn't take me. <laughs> she was just telling me at our old job that people was fighting and didn't get fired. I got fucking fired for fucking eating some food. Like, I don't know why. Like, the universe just sometimes just was like, see, but, but. But my thing is, that I feel like what I ultimately concluded is you can't thrive in an environment in which people don't want to see you succeed. Everything happens for a reason. You may think that you're missing out on something, but God has a bigger blessing in it, in the end for you, and you just have to act. You just have to do. You just have to keep trying, and something better is out there, but you will never find that if you stay complacent. So. So, so going back, just listening to what you were saying and how you were saying, basically, if anything out there, you can go get it. Do you feel like black people play the victim? Yes. Yes. We all have the same 24 hours allotted to us. Of course, we have, you know, doors closed in our face all the time, but it's your resilience and your perseverance where, yeah, a door is closed in your face and you go try to open another one. And that door is locked, you go open another one. It's that it's that time frame when you sit there and you sulk and you dwell. It's okay to feel emotion. It's okay to be sad about things. I speak from experience. I've had times where it was literally like I had to go to the grocery store and steal my groceries because I was too prideful to ask anybody for any money because I didn't want to ask anybody for anything. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I've been there, done that, like was down and pull myself up out of it. So it's like, that's just what you have to do. You can't expect handouts. If you don't have it, you gotta go out here and get it. Yeah. And you can't sit there and blame the world and blame everybody for your downfalls. Sometimes things happen, but you have to pick yourself up and you have to dust yourself yeah. off and you have to fix the issue. 
Mm-hmm. And it's either you do that or you don't. People can't save you. And I feel like that's the problem that people look for handouts. Do you feel like all people do that? Or is that just a black thing? People got to pick themselves up and that's it. I think all people do that. But I think black thing. Like it's not a black on black thing. It's nothing ever. Like in Oklahoma. It's white people killing white people, yeah. and then Asians, Asian people killing mm-hmm. Asian people. It's not. Let's be clear: the the white trash outweighs our population. Period. Okay. Yeah. Let's be clear. Right. Trailer park. Right. Hello. But when you want to no speak shade, about, <laughs> no shade to anybody out there. But when you speak about the media and stuff, they portray it as if it's just us. us. Yeah. About it. Like you said, how do you think Trump got into office? I mean, the media is the, is the strongest tool for yeah. war. For any anything that you're trying to accomplish, you know what I'm saying. That's that's how that's how they take over. Yeah. And, uh, and and to go back to the the generational thing, um, my my story is a little bit different from all of you all because uh, my, my dad is like very close in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, Mine is too. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm saying like of the of the of me learning from him oh, and then yeah. wanting to um, me aspiring to to do what he's accomplished. Okay. Um, but that then again, I know that my my parents are older. You know what I'm saying. You know, my, my granddad was born in 1912. So, yeah, yeah. So, so I was able, to, I was handed those things early. Like, in middle school, like, my dad had a clothing, had a clothing boutique. So, he's like, yeah, you take these things to, to school. And I seen the rest of my family who was messed up or impoverished. And I see the things that he's, that are just now coming to fruition years later. But, um, you know what I'm saying? Though that's that's something that's something that I, I haven't had to deal with, and, and again, it's, it's good to hear the opposite sides. You know, it's it's refreshing to see uh, the resilience, uh, like you said, of, of people who are are in within my peer group. Um, you know, because I know it happens, but I don't. You know, it's not often that if we were to chop it up at a at a social event, we're not talking about this. We're not yeah. talking about the the ills and the pain, the pains of of. Uh, of generational wealth gaps and things like that. You know what I'm saying? So it's definitely a refreshing in here. All right. You up to the next? It's my house. It's my house. I was trying. <laughs> next, next question. <laughs> okay. Um, what is the formula to successfully raising a child? I don't have one of them. I still want to hear. I still want to hear what y'all think, and then I, I, I want you. To, I want you to go last. You want to have my baby? Let me know. <laughs> DM. Uh, I, I think that it. I think it's like, and I don't have children, but I think that it would be um, no like exact way. Uh, I think that the the best thing is love and support. Um, and understand it. And I just say that from what I have experienced because, uh, like I said, my thought process is always focused in on I can do what I'm trying to do. Um, and I, I never even thought like that to blame anyone else or to, because that's how that's how I was raised. So that's, you know, love, support. Uh, if I wanted to go to college, then go to college. If you don't, then what's up, man? I don't care. My child's going to do what the fuck I say. You don't listen. <laughs> Your ass is going to college. If you have a backup plan, I pay for you for your whole entire 18 years in my house. What's happened to being yourself? You can be yourself. But what you're going to be yourself. You're going to be yourself. You might want to go to college. You're going to at least get that associate right. and I don't care.
And, unless you know somebody to put you in a certain situation, you can't. You can't. Kinda, kinda, kinda. kinda because unless you go the entrepreneurial route, no, unless you go to craft. Even or if you don't, the I think trade school the trade school. No, or right. straight into the workforce. I graduated high school in 2010. I, I look back at 2020. If I had gone anywhere, if I had been, my dad worked for the post office. If I had been a postal worker straight out of high school, I would have been in that profession for 10 years already. I would have had 12 years until I'm about to retire. Yeah. My thing is, is I just say that. And it's, it sounds bad, but you like, hey. I say that from experience because I was a rebel child in 10th grade. I started smoking weed. We talked about this earlier. I started smoking weed. I, me smoking weed turned into I don't give a fuck. I didn't care what my parents had to say. I was smart as shit. I literally was changing my report cards. I fucking filled out the formal. I did. I filled out the formal request information to change your email address and your phone number so my school couldn't call my parents. Like I literally had that shit set up. But to if where, you that invested, why don't you just put that time into? Smoking? My thing is, is I wanted to do what I wanted to do, and I didn't care That's about true. how That's anybody true. else felt about That's it. True. I went to school to go to the locker room to steal people shit. Sorry for the people shit that I stole. <laughs> That's literally what I went to school for. Just like about me and go to the movies and that's what I wanted to do. And So were you rebelling? So now I was rebelling. I was rebellious. I thought we were My kids not gonna do that. If I would have just did what I was supposed to do, if I would have did how if I would have acted how I needed to act then, who knows where I would be, but that just goes back to divine timing. I'm the type of person where I feel like I, I had to make my journey a little more complicated. I had to touch the stove to see if it was hot. I touched it. You had to learn the hallway. It was hot. I burned myself. You know, I got, I have, I have legal records to prove that. Like, I'm good now. We don't, we don't fuck with 12 now. Okay. I, I pulled over. I get pulled over. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Officer, yes, sir. Hands up. Like, you changed. I, I'm delivered. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I, I speak that from experience because I did not give a fuck. But now I see that you have to, you have to somewhat conform yourself to societal norms to get where you need to be. You have to play that game. Literally, sometimes it's politics. You piss off the wrong person, you piss off your superior, you think that shit is cute in the moment to tell your boss, oh, you're wrong, da 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 but then that shit bites you in the ass because you do something that wasn't even significant and you get fired for it. But I does that matter? Does that matter if you stood up oh, and you stood does, on your does, own ground and you said it you does matter. Too. Don't get me wrong, it does matter. Like, I worked for the MGM. I was one of the best servers at the Baltasio Steakhouse. You know <laughs> And, like, literally, I had write-ups about me. Like, I've had an article, literally, from, like, media press coming in. It's, like, press tickets. You come in, they don't pay. It's, like, you serve them. I've literally had write-ups about me. And, literally, in that environment, you can't thrive in an environment in which people don't want to see you succeed. If people don't fuck with you, they don't fuck with you. It doesn't matter what you do. If something's not meant for you, it's not meant for you. And you can force it. <laughs> you can try to make yourself be in that environment and walk on eggshells. But I think that... Literally, mental health is key, and you can't you can't overexert yourself to make other people feel comfortable. And I'll just say that. And what's meant for you is meant for you. And if it's not meant for you, let it go. So how does that tie into you raising? Yeah, what's your formula, man? Oh, raising a child. So my child, my child is gonna do what the fuck I say until they're eighteen. <laughs> that's what you did. And that's okay. just how that's gonna go. Now that I'm confused. You're because confused. No. Themselves, don't get me wrong. You can express yourself. 
You can tell me how you feel about things. We can talk about it. But if I outweigh you and I say that's not what you're wearing, that's not what you're doing, that's not where you're going, I pay for everything. So it's like at the end of the day, it's a child. A child stays in a child's place. The moment you come to the conclusion that you can pick and pay your own bills and you can yeah. do what the fuck you want to do, See, that's, you can that's do that. The thing well,
Well, I'm going to say that. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to be nice. I can't be nice. I'm just saying, like, if that's what you... That's what you said on you feel like that's how you gonna practice. It's, it's completely yeah. okay, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. My child won't listen. I would say I would say as a parent, I, the way I would raise my kids, and this is speaking from experience, I would raise my kids on truth, uh, 100% truth. Uh, I'm not gonna hide nothing from my kids. I'm not gonna fake. Uh, uh, one thing that I see, one thing that I see, um, especially, well, I see, it happens in, it happens in a very ethnic community, but one thing I see happen a lot that I don't like personally, is uh so two people will have a child, right? They not really feeling each other, but they get married or get together for the child, right? Mm-hmm. Sounds good, right? Not good, I'll tell you why. Because mm-hmm. it's 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 not real, mm-hmm. it's it's not in truth, and kids are intelligent as shit. Mm-hmm. Kids know it. See, one thing about a kid, see, I'm a teacher, right? I'm I'm an art teacher, right? So, one thing about kids, they they watch you like a hawk. Mm -hmm. They know everything. They know if the love is not real. So, why fake it? You see what I'm saying? So, and that happened happened to me growing up. You see what I'm saying? Like, my parents weren't really in love with each other for real, but, you know, they had me. So, they got married to try to, you know, make it look good for me. And then it blew up in everybody's face later down the road. So, I believe that your child, like, you should be 100% truthful in everything with your child. They'll respect you and they'll appreciate you more for that shit. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? Um, Cause like I said, they know when they kids, let me say some kids are like- They know. They, they are like, they, like, they got superpowers. Like they know, you see what I'm saying? Kids know. But like you gotta respect trying mom. to make it work. Yeah, like me and my daughter's mom, we're not together. Right. But she she knew that from jumping. and I never tried to fake it. Like yeah, it, yeah. when she got to a certain age, like is she, uh, in the early, like probably like three, four, like she would ask, like, oh, why don't you come over to mommy house for, you know, the holiday mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I used to, I kept it real with her, like, me and mommy aren't together. So that's why daddy isn't over there 100% of the time. That's why you come to my house this week and you back over there, you know what yeah. I'm saying? But love, support, truth, like all of those, mix those up in the formula, you know what I'm saying? But like I said, it's, I don't feel like it'll be a, a set. It would make, I don't want to be no set. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to, it's going to vary. It's not a set change for anything. Yeah, real. At all. It's going to change. Because you can say, I'm going to do this today. <clears throat> it will rain on your parade. <laughs> like, we're just going to leave it at that. So, would you say that from, since we're talking about kids and the formula to raising a child, from, from how you were raised, do you feel like you have any mental trauma from how you were raised? That's a good question. I was experiencing uh, my my mom and dad uh, divorced me. They got divorced when I was fourteen. I, so I have um, I have a twin sister. I got an older brother, five years older. Than me. Out of all of the siblings, it hit me the hardest. Um, because growing up, I was my family was one of like the few out of my friends that was actually still together. Like, uh, most of the friends in my circle growing up, like, their parents were already separated. Mm-hmm. So I, I looked at that as, not to look down on them, but I looked at, like, like, I was proud of that. Like, I'm like, damn, I'm, like, in the yeah. token family, you know what I'm saying? Like, we together, you know what I'm saying? Black family and that. So when they got divorced, like, that shit hit me hard, man. And it was tough because, um, so my dad, my, my, me and my dad, we have a great relationship. My, me and my mom relationship is rocky, but my dad cheated on my mom, and I saw it. Like I, he had brought me around the woman that he was cheating on my mom with. 
But me being, I, I didn't know. I just assumed it was a friend until uh, we went out of town one year, and uh, I asked, and she had came on the trip. Again, I'm young. I'm like, oh, you just brought his friend on the trip. Blah blah blah. But I seen him holding hands, and that's when they clicked. Like, oh, what's going on here? So I just happened to go back. When we got back home, my mom just was asking about the trip. So me just being a kid, I'm just talking like, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm talking about it's not your fault. And it took me a while, like, to realize, like, it wasn't my fault. But yeah, my mom asked how was the trip, so I'm excited, just telling her about everybody who was there. You know what I'm saying? So she's like, who was who? To hear the rest of this episode and more episodes from Sips and Spills, check out the Sips and Spills YouTube page and L Artists on Instagram.